0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Today, this weekend, we are wrapping up our series, Knock, Knock, Knock. And um, there's just one thing, I know we've covered a lot here, but there's one thing we still have to talk about. Let me say it like this. Uh, a bunch of years back, this is like 10, 15 years ago when my son Ethan was real young, he's about five years old, um, we were walking, we were on vacation, so we're walking through a forest in Florida, and it's a real dense forest, like the type where you walk through and not a lot of sunlight gets through. Um, there was just pine needles everywhere. You couldn't even see the dirt. It was just pine needles, right? Fallen trees, or stepping over, it was just... It was awesome, okay? Anyways, so we're walking through that together and then we look down and we see this little brown baby snake. And I was really into Bear Grylls and Survivor Man at the time, so I'm like, I know what to do. So picked it up and we're looking at it. And then I did the genius dad move. I hand the snake to my son and he's holding it on a stick because I wanted to get a picture of him, right? Um, So anyways, I'm looking back on that, probably what a lot of you are thinking right now, like, what, why did you do that? That was like really dangerous. That baby snake could have been like super poisonous. You could have gotten hurt, Bill, and your son could have gotten hurt really, really bad. And, and what were you thinking? And here's, here's the answer to that. I didn't think that little baby copperhead snake was all that dangerous. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Thank you, God, for protecting us, right? So, so there, there was this truth that was right there um, I didn't believe it, but there was this truth that was right there. And listen, it could have cost me and or my son Ethan's life. That's serious. So there's something today that I'm thanking God that we get to talk about, and it's true. And, and, and here's, here's what it is. Not only our sin and apathy, sexual sin and apathy, like, Remember, Pastor Guy, like, nah, right? Not only are those things, not only are all sorts of other types of temptations and sin knocking at the door, but there's also something else there, too. And, and here it is, here's the truth. Um, Satan is knocking. Oh. Oh. Satan, no, oh, it's Tyler, it's Tyler. Thank you, Tyler, appreciate it, brother. (laughs) Satan is knocking at the door. We gotta have a little fun sometimes, but so true. Satan's knocking at the door. This door represents the door of our heart. This is what we've been talking about all series long, And, and we have to guard the door of our hearts, and whether we guard that door or whether we don't guard the door, it affects not only our life here and now, like the quality of life and what that looks like, but it also affects our eternity. And that's a really big deal, like a really big deal. So I just had this crazy idea. It's probably a good idea if we pray together, because it's such a big deal. So let, let's just do that as a church, wherever you are on the planet Earth, online, I'm talking to you guys, let's, let's do it. Campuses, here we go. Father, we thank you for today. Father, it's a gift. Um, Lord, I pray that we would hear from You, Lord, that we would understand what You're trying to tell us, and Lord, by the power of Your Holy Spirit, it's not possible without Your working, God, but, but the power of Your Holy Spirit and by Your grace, God, that we might leave here a changed people after having spent time with each other, of course, but also after having spent time with You, Lord. And most of all, we pray this, that the name of Jesus Christ would be glorified in our hearts, but also in our lives as we leave from this place in a few minutes, Lord willing. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, and as a church, we say together, amen. All right, all right. So, um, hey, here's a staggering statistic for some of us. Barna, which is a big research firm, they, they've told us recently that about 50% of those who call themselves Christians don't actually believe the devil is real. So in light of that statistic, I still wanna talk about him. Not because it brings me joy to talk about him, but it's just something that, let's put some stuff on the table, and I think God's gonna, God's gonna use that in our lives to protect us and to help us. So, so here, here's, here's a little bit about Satan. He was created by God, but one-third of heaven, along with himself, he led the charge. They rebelled against God. He opposes God and his kingdom, and he hates God and everything God loves, especially the people that Jesus died for. In fact, the only thing that Satan cares about is himself. Satan seems beautiful and charming. In fact scripture tells us that he masquerades as an angel of light. I'm 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 great and I'm I'm pretty and and I just I'm totally on your side, right? I mean that's the way he seems. But make no mistake, he's an absolute killer and he is wicked to the core. He steals, he kills, he destroys. He is the father of lies, and if I had a dollar for every time he told me a lie, well, he'd just come and steal every single one of them from me. He delights in deception. He smiles at sexual deviation and exploitation of every kind. And he's so happy at every single murder, whether it's in or out of the womb. Understand Satan is really smart and he's really strong, but at the very same time, take comfort in this church, he is no match for God. Not only is he inferior to God in every single way, his head was crushed when Jesus Christ was crucified and when he died On the cross. You see, Satan is an enemy that has been defeated. His days are numbered and he knows it, which is why he rages, which is why he'll continue to rage against righteousness, even in the moments as he's thrown into the very lake of fire itself. Revelation 20, verse 10. All authority now belongs to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And that just brings us joy, and once again, comfort. But, hear this, Satan still influences the world. I don't know if you've seen him, but Satan influences governments and politics. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Satan influences the media and entertainment industry. And by the way, Satan also influences people, and he even possesses some people. There is an enemy, he's just out of sight, you can't see him like we can see other things, he's just out of sight and he likes it that way, but he is knocking at the door and he's trying to sell us some substitutes and that's where we're going today, okay? Satan is knocking at the door, trying to sell us substitutes, but may we never settle for Satan's substitutes. Let me show you what I mean. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, turn there in your Bible if you would or on your digital device of choice, Genesis chapter two. I know some of us are familiar with the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapters one and two, but just to get us all up to speed, and perhaps many of us are not familiar with this, okay? So let's, again, let's just get on the same page here. Um, Here's the stage. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. Um, That means he created time, space, and matter. Those things didn't exist before God created them, okay? And he also created spiritual beings. I'm talking about angels and stuff like that, all right? And then on days one through six, he created a whole lot of other stuff too. Lightness, darkness, Water, land, plants. He created the sun, the moon, the stars. He created fish, birds, and animals. Are there any kids in here right now? Raise your hand if you're a kid. Kid. Any any kids, age 30 or younger? Okay, no? (laughs) Like, kids at home, I know that. Okay, hey, let's say this together. God created bugs, ready? God created bugs. Yeah, that's kinda fun to say, all right? He created bugs. And he created mankind. He created Adam first. We're gonna see Adam in Genesis chapter two here. And he also created Eve out of Adam's side. Really interesting stuff. We won't get into that today, but really interesting stuff. We're not gonna see Eve in the verses we're reading, by the way, but she comes just a tiny bit after, okay? So that's, that's the stage is set. Oh, and you know what else? After God created everything, he said, huh, this is very good. Can we say it together, very good, ready? It is very good. Oh, okay, okay. All right, let's get into Genesis chapter two. Just gonna read a tiny bit today, okay? Verses 15, 16, and 17. Here we go, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, that's Adam, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat from any tree, but just not that one over there. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I'm gonna state the obvious. I know it sounds like God's tempting Adam, and when Eve comes on the scene shortly, it sounds like God is tempting Adam in Eve, By giving them access to, we said it together, to very good things, but then telling them, hey, you can't, you can't have them though, right? So he gives them access. It's like he's setting them up for failure. That's what it seems like. You know? It's like, this isn't fair. It's a recipe for disaster, all right? But I wanna challenge us in that thinking. What if God actually meant it for good. There's something right in front of us, I just wanna lift, lift up, that we can enjoy this together. Watch this, God is not tempting Adam. God doesn't do that. He's protecting Adam. He's not tempting him, he's protecting him. God is warning Adam of danger. He's saying, be careful. See, God did want Adam to learn about the knowledge of good and evil. He just didn't want Adam to learn that way by eating the fruit. He's like, do this my way. Don't do it that other way. See, God wanted to teach mankind about all sorts of things. He wanted to help mankind mature. He wanted that. God's like, listen, I've got grace for you. And please hear this. This is really hard for us to um, really appreciate. But some of us have learned this the hard way, and some of us it's taken a lot of years, and I know it's really gonna resonate with us. Some of us are on the, 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 the early side of things, and I'm hoping it doesn't go in like this ear and out the other. I'm hoping, because wow, this is true wisdom. Ready? Real maturity doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Real maturity takes time with God. It does. Now now look back to the garden for a second. Real maturity takes time with God. God was ready to teach them about all sorts of things, including the knowledge of good and evil. But there was the fruit for the taking right away. They could have the instant gratification, or they could do things God's way. That was the choice before them. Real maturity requires time with God. Now, here's what the devil does, all right? He saw an opportunity in the garden, right here in Genesis chapter 2 and on into chapter 3, because the devil is an opportunist. He did this with Jesus, for those of us who are familiar, Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He was really, really hungry. Satan knew that, so Satan comes to Jesus. He's like, all right, I think he's really hungry. He might fall for this. Here we go. Um, uh, Jesus, why don't you just turn that, that rock into bread? <laughs> probably be pretty good. Like, you're really hungry. You haven't eaten for like over, like, like almost six weeks. I mean, come on, Jesus, you need a little bread, man. You're gonna die out here. <laughs> so anyways, but Jesus didn't fall for it, right? But Satan is an opportunist. When Jesus resisted him in the desert, um, the devil looked for the next opportune time. When was that? It was when Jesus was agonizing in the garden of Gethsemane to the point where he was sweating drops of blood. He was agonizing over the cross. He knew what was about to happen. So the devil came back and tried to sucker punch him again. It didn't work. But that's what the devil does. And we see it here in the garden. Satan comes to, right, we're not gonna read this part, but Satan comes to them in chapter three, it's the very next chapter. He comes to Adam and Eve, because he sees an opportunity. Right? Don't listen to God. (laughs) God gives grace, right? But I've got a substitute for you. And you know what? It's way better. Way better. Adam and Eve, like I said, in the very next chapter, they settled for the substitute. And make no mistake, they paid dearly. And here's how you can kind of sum up all of the last few minutes we've been talking about. God gives grace, but Satan sells substitutes. God gives grace, but Satan sells substitutes. Let me let me let me tell you how it works today. All right? Just like before, Satan still searches for opportunities to sell you his substitutes. He's going to use your wants and your desires. He's going to use your personality or the way that you're wired. He's going to use those downtimes in your life. He's going to use when life happens, he's he's going to try and get his foot in there and he's going to try and like like manipulate the situation and get you to not go to God, but to Take one of his substitutes. That's what he does. It's an opportunity. He's an opportunist, right? He's like a dentist that comes. When life happens and you're on the ground, you're in the fetal position, you're just down and out. You're just, he's like a dentist that comes by. I love dentists. Please know that, all right? He's like a dentist that comes by, sees the person on the ground, bam, kicks him in the teeth and says, oh, that looks pretty bad. I, I can help you with that, you know? That's what, that's, what it's, that's what he does. It's just like total manipulation. Just, just, ah, he's always looking for a chance to take you and I away from God. Wherever we're at, he wants to take you further away from God. And here's how it sounds when you put that into words. I've got a substitute for you. (laughs) All right, so let's get into some examples, some real life examples. Now I'm just gonna pick three of them. There are tens of thousands to choose from, but here's three categories. Here's the first one. This is somewhat relevant because here in the States, we've uh, celebrated the 4th of July, our Independence Day, recently, okay? Who doesn't love freedom, right? I love freedom. Go America! Yeah, I'm proud to be an American, all right? So it's just, it's really like, in the devil's seat, listen, God is all about freedom, make no mistake, all right, Jesus is all about freedom. Make no mistake, it is all throughout Scripture. Jesus talks about this in particular, right, because we could choose a lot, but I'm just going to John chapter eight right now. He talks about it a couple times in that chapter, at least. He says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He also says, the truth shall set you free. I mean, it just jumps off the page. Jesus is all about freedom. It's a good thing. But here's what Satan does. Oh. Satan here. Um I know that you really <laughs> like freedom, and, and man, I tell you, what, I love freedom too. Um, question though. Um, are you do you really think you're gonna like, um... I don't know this thing. There we go. There we go. Hey, this one's working again. Okay. All right. Thank you, God. Huh. Oh, okay. All right. You really think you're going to find freedom by following rules? That's not how it works. Come on. We both know that. <laughs> um, yeah. So you think... Uh, you think there's freedom in that way? So here, I got, I got, I got, I got something for you. Teenager, um, you don't have to follow your parents. <laughs> you don't have to listen to them. Um, citizen, especially of the United States, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't have to submit to your government. I mean, when God wrote that in, in Romans through the Apostle Paul, like I mean, that was 2,000 years ago, right? I mean, it's a little outdated, <laughs> It doesn't mean it anymore. It's, it was for the Roman government. You live in the United States. You don't have to submit to your government. I've got a substitute for you, right? Listen, an, an employee, your boss, he wouldn't know how to run a business if, if it bit not well, you know the rest, right? Listen, I tell you what, if you wanna come over to my camp, you're gonna love it. I'm all about freedom. All about freedom. Everyone wants to control you. I just... I just want you to be free. You don't even have to believe in me. For now. And besides, we both know your way is better than Yahweh. Come on, it even rhymes. I mean, like, it's gotta be true. Wow. But here's the truth. You can't find freedom. This is the truth. You can't find freedom apart from the goodness of God. You can't do it, it cannot be done. Real freedom is found in Christ and in relationship with him, that's the truth. Don't fall for Satan's substitutes. Here's another example. A lot of us, and I I think this is a great thing by the way, a lot of us like to learn, we like to discover things. I think that's part of the fabric that God has woven into the human soul, right? Just this hunger for more information and understanding. That's a great thing. You might say it like this, I'm really into, this is one of the lanes of that, I'm really into spirituality, all right, Lisa. She alluded to it in her story. There's a lot behind the scenes, um, so much more that, that Lisa was willing to share. Um, and a lot of it had to do with spirituality and her history. A lot of us are wired that way. In, in one word, if you had to, you don't have to do this, but if you had to choose one word to describe the spiritual unseen realm, here's the word you could use. Fascinating. Absolutely Fascinating. And there's a lot to learn, but hear this, God and his word are the only safe and reliable sources of spiritual knowledge. That's it. But here's what Satan does. That doesn't sound right, does it? Only God and his Bible, that's the only place you can learn about him. Like, and be safe. Who wants to be safe anyway? YOLO! (laughs) Um, But anyways, um, can I tell you what's really going on? Um, God just wants to keep you in the dark. He doesn't want you to be smarter. Because if you become really smart, which you definitely can do, you're not gonna need him anymore. He's threatened by it. He's trying to hold you down. He's trying to keep you back. That's what's really going on. I know you kind of knew that already, but I'm just, you know, just wanted to let you know, make sure. <laughs> um, hey, I'll tell you what. If, if, if you want to learn more about spirituality, I, I can help you. I, can help. I know God's got that grace thing, you know. You know okay. <laughs> um, but I've got a substitute for you. Um, Tell you what, I've got a book. You, you should read this book. There, there's a lot of them, but here, try, try this book. Um, or, or watch this movie. That's great. Or listen to this speaker. There's so many good speakers on YouTube. Um, thankfully, all the bad ones got banned, but there's still some really good ones on there. You should check some of those out. I've got some. for And, and a game. You like games, right? Have you ever tried the Ouija board? This is like so much fun. And you can get some pretty... Uh, good information too. Like you just hold this little triangle and it it moves and it's amazing. It's amazing, it's amazing. Um, And drugs, oh. (laughs) You really want your mind open up to spiritual stuff? Try this. It's gonna be, I mean, just off the charts. Good. Um, I know there's also... um, A multiverse, right? I know God, universe, one verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, one verse, universe. But I mean, honestly, science has told us there's a multiverse, (laughs) And, and it's filled with knowledge. So if you wanna know more, I can help you. And if you wanna know more about me, now I'm really getting excited because, like, man, I tell you what, if if you want to learn more about me, I will tell you more about me. I, I I could talk your ear off for like a thousand years. Care to join me? It's gonna be great. He's so sly. He knows exactly what buttons to press. He's been studying mankind. He's been studying you. Don't Fall for it, he's trying to sell you his substitutes. Here's what God tells us in his word, Proverbs nine, verse 10, fear of the Lord, that's putting God first. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You don't get it any other way. You want truth, you don't get it apart from God. You want goodness, you don't get it apart from God. You want freedom, you don't get it apart from God. That's just the way it is. The creator has created his creation that the creation might find every good thing in the creator. That's just the way it works. Here's the third example. And I wish we didn't have to go here because it's painful. But this is real life. And we love each other enough. God loves us enough to share the truth with us even in the midst and in the face of the lies that Satan feeds us. Bad things happen, don't they? A lot of bad things happen. This life is messed up. When bad things happen, we're hurting. We need help, we need hope, we need healing. And whenever we're wounded, whenever we experience great loss, our heart hurts. And we need our hearts to be strengthened and encouraged. God tells us in his word, Psalm 34, verse 18. Here's what God tells us. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. If you've been brokenhearted, know this. Maybe you're in that place right now. The Lord is close to you. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. What an appropriate word for the feelings that we can't describe adequately, just crushed in our spirit. But here's what Satan does. How you doing? Uh, Not doing too well, are you? I figured. You've prayed, right? He's not answering? No, I know, um, listen, I know. Listen, I really care about you. I just, so I'm, I just, I wanna let you know something. Um, man, this is hard, but God doesn't really care about you. I mean, just look at what happened. He could have stepped in. He could have stopped it but he didn't. He wanted that to happen to you. He doesn't love you like you've heard. I've got a substitute for you, though, because I've got your back. I'm the one that really cares about you. Um, here. I I know you need comfort, so talk to this medium or this psychic. Like, they're just, it's practically one in every town. Um, just go talk to them. You'll feel better. Um, you can even talk to, if, if someone's passed. You can even talk directly to him. I know. I know God says not to do that, but like, just talk to him. It's okay. Like, it's totally fine. They can hear you. Um, just, just talk to him. And, and you know what? Again, this is kind of just painful, but it's probably time that you stop going to Fox River. I mean, it's getting a little old. You're worshiping a God that has left you alone to suffer. I mean. Man, it's time to, to, I mean, it's a little harsh. I know you're hurting, but it's time to grow up and realize what's really going on. God doesn't care about you. There's no benefit to going to church. Besides, you probably have some better things to do on the weekend anyways, right? I mean, come on. We both know that's true. I know almost every single one of us have heard that type of lie from Satan's lips, just dripping with deceptive venom. God is telling us, systematically we lift this from the pages of Scripture and we see it as clear as day. Satan is knocking at the door and he's not selling Girl Scout cookies. I've got a question for you. How is Satan knocking at your door? He's knocking at your door. How is he doing it? Is he doing it right now? Has he done it in the past? Maybe you can see things a little clearer now that we're putting things out in the open. He is going to do it again in the future. How is Satan knocking at your door? Listen, don't settle for Satan's substitutes. Come to Christ with every desire, come to Christ in every devastation, come to Christ in the ups and in the downs that life brings to us all. Wait on the Lord, and he, he alone will supply you with sufficient grace, hallelujah. Psalm sixteen, eleven. God tells us this, that there are blessings at the right hand of God forevermore. And in the shadows of that truth is this truth. If you're, not at the bless, or if you're not at the right hand of God, there are not blessings forevermore. Come to Christ, no matter what's going on in your life, all the more when Satan comes knocking, trying to sell you his substitutes. And what an opportunity we have to not only appreciate this truth for ourselves, and to be blessed by it and by the God who has given it. But what an opportunity we have to share this truth with others, everyone who needs him. I'm talking about believers, I'm talking about those who don't know Jesus, yet let's share this truth, let's share how Satan tries to sell his substitutes because he's doing it to us all. In the same way that the Father sent Jesus into the world. And in the same way that Jesus sent his disciples into the world, I, as your pastor, standing on the authority of God, am sending you as the church into the broken, hurting world that we're all a part of. People need God's grace. They need the name Of Jesus Christ. Show them the truth. Guide them to God. Think about how 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 does God love me? And then love them in that same way. What an opportunity we have. Show and share them this. That Jesus is knocking at the door too what a beautiful truth that is, right? Let's just camp out there for a second. If Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts, maybe it's been a while since you've let him in. You've kind of been doing your own thing. Maybe not even on purpose. It's easy to drift. Let's be honest. But maybe it's been a while since you said, Jesus, come on in. Let's, let's have a meal together. You know, let's do life together. If that's you, I want to encourage you. Open that door, let him in. It's gonna be great. You'll find freedom. You'll find everything you want and need. His grace is sufficient. Perhaps those of us here at Waukesha or over at Muskego or online, wherever on planet Earth you're at, maybe you're in this category where you've just never opened the door to Jesus. You've never received him as as Savior, but, but you're in this place right now. Maybe it has something to do with the message, maybe not. God's just brought you here and you're ready to receive him for the first time. You're gonna have that opportunity in just a couple seconds. We're gonna do that together if you'd like. But let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. Again, it's a gift. God, thank you for our time together. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to see into the spiritual realm Lord, in that awareness that you've given us, help us to see you and also to seek you. Help us to guard the door of our hearts, each one of us, so that we wouldn't settle for Satan's substitutes, but also, Lord, that we would be blessed in this life, but also in the life to come. Help us to see and also step into the opportunities, Lord, that we have when it comes to other people in our life and helping them, that they might come closer to Christ as well be glorified in and through your church here at Fox River, Lord, and help us to love like you. For those ready to receive Jesus for the first time with eyes still closed, heads still bowed, if you're ready to receive Jesus wherever you're at, would you just raise a hand right now, and we're going to pray together in a second. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Let's pray for those ready to receive Jesus. Lord, we believe in you. I believe in you. I believe that I'm a sinner. But I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that three days later you rose from the grave for my life. Lord, I'm asking you to save me now because I'm trusting you to do just that. I'm not trusting myself or anything that I can do or bring to the table, Lord. I'm trusting in you alone to save me. Thank you, Lord, for doing that right now. Thank you for receiving me into your family as I receive you into my heart. God, thank you. As a church, we say amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.